0: Frank Ling and I'm Charles Lee, and you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Ms. Megan Watsky who will join us to discuss a guide to exploring the cosmos.
1: So stay tuned for all of this,
0: plus the Grokatron Five Thousand,
1: and our world famous question a week
0: coming right up here on the Grok's Science Show. Welcome back to the Grok's Science Show. Well, so much of the universe is beyond the realm of daily consideration that few of us stop to ponder our place in it. Indeed, part of this may simply be from our own lack of information about the universe beyond our tiny planet. Well, luckily, our guest today has uh, constructed a handy guide to the universe for the rest of us. The author, Ms. Megan Watsky, along with co-author Kimberly Arcan, both have a combined 25 years of experience working to describe the universe for a general audience. They have penned the new book entitled, Your Ticket to the Universe, A Guide to Exploring the Cosmos. And Ms. Watsky, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show.
1: Thanks for
0: having me. Pleasure. Certainly a, a great book titled Your Ticket to the Universe, A Guide to Exploring the Cosmos, uh, which you really sort of lay out basically the universe for a general audience here. I'm curious, why did you decide to write this book?
1: Well, as you mentioned, Kim and I have both worked in astronomy communications for a long time now. And, you know, we felt like the, there's plenty of astronomy books out there, and many of them are very good. But they really fall into two categories. One, the ones are written by very smart scientists, and they tend to be... Pretty dense and hard to follow. I actually have a degree in astrophysics and can't follow lots of them. Um, and the other, in the spectrum, there are coffee table books which are gorgeous, but they don't give you a whole lot of context as far as what you're looking at. So we thought, um, since we both, you know, went to travel, I recently went to China. and What we like to do, um, I like to do, is go to the bookstore and get a travel guide to explore some unknown place. And we thought there should be an equivalent for the universe. So that's what we set out to do.
0: It certainly seems like uh, the universe is in need of a guide, but certainly a pretty big place. Was it tough to uh, tackle and boil down the universe into a handy guide?
1: Well, yeah, yes and no. I mean, there's certain there's so much to explore, right? And you know, by doing a travel guide, you know, like like places on Earth, you're going to leave something, lots of stuff out, right? I mean, you're going to miss someone's favorite restaurant. I'm sure there's people's favorite galaxy is not in there or their nebula or whatever. So, I mean, it, it is some sort of the hardest thing is to winnow out what you aren't going to include because the universe is a fascinating place. But, you know, we try to just go with our instincts about what we felt were, were the most exciting features of the universe and also sort of what we've figured out by talking to friends and family over the years what people who are not involved in the field, what they think is the most exciting.
0: Looking at the various chapters, it seems as if a good portion of it is really spent on sort of our local neighborhood, the Earth, the Moon, Sun, Solar System. Uh, is it really just because of the things we know most about or things that perhaps would be the most interesting to, to people to learn about?
1: Well, I mean, ironically, I, you know, in my career, we, I know more about probably galactic and extragalactic stuff just because of the nature of the telescope that I work for. Um, so the Earth we started with the earth and the sun and the moon because basically those are most familiar to, to the general public. And we wanted, I think it's hard to go explore unless you're oriented with where you start. So starting with the earth is sort of an obvious thing to do. And, um, you know, we also t- wanted to take a slightly different take on earth, earth, not just as a planet that we're familiar with, but sort of from a cosmic perspective, you know, how does it fit in with what we know about um, our universe now?
0: It's really an area where, even though we think we know a lot about uh, the Earth, at least from our daily experiences, there's quite a bit in terms of natural history of the Earth and the solar system itself that you cover here.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, you know, there's pl- plenty of books on Earth as well, you know, but so we, we didn't want to reinvent that wheel. Um, so we wanted to just sort of take a look at Earth from a, I say, global perspective. It's not big enough, universal perspective, maybe. Um, you know, it's sort of the beginnings and how it fits in with the solar system and a little bit how it fits in with the galaxy and so on. So, um, you know, not, not going over ground that maybe people have already heard before.
0: So what is the sort of perspective you want people to take from the book?
1: I, I would, we would love for people to feel comfortable with it, that it's not some foreign, completely unrelated thing. They're part of, you know, the universe. I mean, I think, you know, there's obviously a big push in understanding our place on, on the planet, environmentalism and things like that. You know, we're also a citizen of, of the solar system and the galaxy and the universe. And these are topics that people, we want people to feel comfortable exploring if they're interested in, in them. I mean, I think too often... Science is seen as something for quote other people or for you know only a certain segment of our society, and I, I really think that we wanted people to feel like this was approachable and accessible because it you know there's a line we have in the book, but we say it all the time, which is the sky belongs to everyone. It doesn't you know you don't have to have a PhD in order to understand this stuff um, or and enjoy it.
0: Uh, so what's the most fascinating thing do you think uh, about our local neighborhood of the universe?
1: There's a lot. Um, I think took one thing, I think one most interesting currently is the search for planets around other stars, you know, the so-called exoplanets, um, just because that's such a rapidly evolving field. I mean, it almost seems like every week or every month people are making discoveries about planetary systems that sound like they're straight out of science fiction. Um, and so I think, you know, the Holy Grail, of course, is to find an Earth-like planet, but you know, I'm sure we will sooner or later. And in the meantime, we're finding some really funky planetary systems out there. And it just brings up a whole lot of questions like what else is out there?
0: Uh, The search for extraterrestrial life?
1: Sure. I mean, it's kind of part of it. Uh, You know, that's a slightly different, you know, fish to fry, so to speak. I mean, you know, if there's, I'm sure there's some sort of life out there, whether it's the kind of can communicate with us or not. That's a whole different story. But um, I'm sure there's, Quite a bit out there that you know barely scratched the surface of exploring these things.
0: Um, some really great images in the book. Uh, How did you uh, pick these? Compile these? Choose them for uh, just a visual appeal or purpose in general?
1: A little bit of both. I mean, we tried to pick some of our favorites, and again, we've we've worked with a lot of these images over the years. So you know, some of them are sort of like old friends. But we really wanted to sort of represent, sort of visually, what the most stunning images out there have been, uh, sort of relatively recently, but also over time. And also, we wanted to. Represent, you know, sort of the, the breadth of the type of imagery that we're getting now from telescopes. I mean, a lot of people consider us to be in a golden age of astronomy. You've got all these telescopes on the ground and then all these great space-based telescopes and that cover all different kinds of light, from, you know, radio waves to X-ray and gamma rays and everything in between. And, you know, in order to fully understand the universe, you really need all these types of light. And so we tried to include... Um, something from all those different types of telescopes in the book.
0: So what's the status of our exploration of the universe, both astronomically and manned missions to other planets, for example?
1: You know, if you ask someone in this business, you know, where we are, they always say, we're in a great place, but we want to do more. You know, we want to build more telescopes. We want to develop new instruments, and we want to explore further. And I think I'm always an advocate for investing in things like this. I think that... These telescopes, for example, are represent a, a small fraction of, uh, of a dollar, of, you know, the U.S. government spending, um, and I would love to see more. I think there's, I think there are great benefits for society, and it's, it's tough in certain economic times to, to sort of make that case, but I, I always think it's worth it. Um, the human exploration stuff is a little more challenging because there's, you know, a little more politics involved maybe with, you know, building things and having international cooperation and things like that. Um, I, I hope we just keep going forward. I hope the U.S. Is, uh, has a key role and a, a leading role in that. And um, whether it's private or public or whatever, I, I would like to just see us as a country um, be very supportive of all these things because we never know where it's going to lead.
0: Uh, you do bring up a good point in, in that the exploration of space is certainly not just limited to the United States. How is it going sort of internationally, Europe, China now, uh, in terms of exploring and mapping the universe?
1: Well, I mean, you know, astronomy and astrophysics has long been, you know, sort of a global effort. I mean, there are, on any given scientific paper, you'll see authors from, co-authors from all over the, the world you know, collaborating together. And I think that's a, a very a very nice thing. I mean, the scientists I work with have you know, colleagues around the world, and they they try to meet them when they can, and they certainly communicate electronically. Um, So, I mean, I think that, you know, the U.S. has traditionally taken a very important role, um, and hopefully it will continue to do so, but there are lots of very bright people all over the place contributing to this field.
0: Uh, What do you think are the biggest mysteries uh, to be solved uh, regarding the universe?
1: Um, I think really the big two, and they're really, really big, is what is dark matter, um, which is stuff that we, we know it's some kind of stuff, but we don't know what it is. Um, and then what is dark energy, which is not stuff. Dark energy is some sort of force. We don't know exactly how it works, but we know it's there. Uh, we could see it's ev- the evidence for both these dark things, but they're very different, and yet they take up uh, most, make up most of the, our universe. I mean, you know, all the stars and galaxies and planets, if you add all that stuff up, it only comes to about 4% of what we know exists out there in the universe. The other ninety-six percent is stuff we actually don't have no clue what it is. And that's pretty. That's those are pretty big pictures, pretty big questions to to tackle.
0: It's uh, sort of incredible that the large portion of the universe is sort of unknown to us.
1: Yeah, I know. You would think, and you know, the stuff we do see is really cool and very fascinating. But yeah, there's a lot that we don't know what it is.
0: What about the uh, sort of the structure of the universe beyond our own galaxy? What uh, are we beginning to discover about that and uh, really what does it tell us about maybe the future history of the universe? Well,
1: I mean we know that you know our galaxy is one of billions of galaxies and we know that these galaxies are not spread uniformly throughout the universe. We know that they are clumpy. They clump together. And there are these structures called galaxy clusters which are enormous and they can consist of hundreds or thousands of individual galaxies and so you have these mega structures that exist in the universe, and you know, it, 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 we can sort of figure some stuff out both about our past and our future by looking at at um, the structure of the galaxy. And you know, a lot of it, as far as what will eventually happen to the universe, will will determine be determined by this mysterious dark energy. If it has a big enough impact, we can expect you know billions of years from now, either uh, you know, the universe to sort of keep going or experience what some scientists call the big rip, where the universe gets ripped apart. But that's way down the line, billions and millions of years away. But, um, you know, it, it, you, it, it, it's totally fascinating that you can figure some of this stuff out or begin to by using telescopes from right here on Earth.
0: Well, uh, billions of years, years of time, and hopefully by then uh, Congress will have uh, decided to put more money into it.
1: Well, at the rate that Congress is going, uh, that <laughs> might be about enough time. Or no, maybe not. We'll yeah. see.
0: So it, it's certainly a, a great book. We're running out a little out of time. I'm just curious, broad view of, of the book, the universe, and our place in it.
1: I want people to feel completely comfortable in just looking up at the night the sky and looking around and feeling like, hey, this is my universe, too, and I can explore, whether it's reading about it or looking at the images or just, you know, going outside and with your favorite beverage and thinking about it. I think it's very much your universe, and I want people to feel totally comfortable in going out there and, and looking around.
0: Well, I certainly hope people will uh, go take a look at the book. Uh, again, the name of the book is called Your Ticket to the Universe, A Guide to Exploring the Cosmos. The authors are Ms. Kimberly-Recant and Ms. Megan Walski. Ms. Waskey, of course, was our guest. Uh, again, thank you very much uh, for your time.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And you were just listening to Ms. Megan Watsky discussing the a guide to exploring the cosmos. This is the Grok's Science Show. Coming up in just a few minutes is the Grokatron 5000, so stay tuned.
1: It's not
0: easy having yourself a good time. It is time to play our game, the Grokatron 5000. It is our supercomputer, formerly known as Deep Blue. Today, the Grokatron 5000 has chosen the topic of the universe. So, for the following five individuals, the Grokatron 5000 would like to know, if they were a part of the universe, what part of the universe would they be, and uh, why? Ms. Watsky, ready to play the game? I am. Okay, here we go. Person number one, what part of the universe would he be? It's the real estate mogul, Donald Trump. Oh, let's
1: see. What has the biggest... I think he would be, I would say Jupiter because it's full, Jupiter's full of gas and a lot of, you know, not hot air, but just not a whole lot of substance there. So, you know, and there's a lot of waviness. It reminds me of his hair.
0: (laughs) All right. Very good. Uh, Number two, it's the golfer Tiger Woods.
1: Let's see. I will go with a red dwarf star because I know he always likes to wear red on Sundays and He's kind of burned out a little bit. Maybe he'll he'll have a rejuvenation at some point, but um, I know he's doing pretty well now, but I'll go with the red dwarf.
0: Okay, very good. Number three, uh, physicist Stephen Hawking's.
1: Hmm. Well, you know, he's been famous for black holes, so he has to be the singularity of a black hole, because that's where he's really uh, made his mark in, the, in our world, at least.
0: Okay, very good. Uh, and uh, number four, honey boo-boo.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Um... I'll go with an asteroid, just because I don't know what else to do with these people. Um, but they're very famous, and they just go around and around and I don't seem to do a lot else, but it's my, my asteroid.
0: Okay, very good. Uh, number five, finally, the President of the United States, Barack Obama.
1: I'll go with the sun. I'm a big fan of Barack, and I think he's done a great job. He's he's a good anchor for our solar solar system, and he's he's leading the way for us, hopefully, into the next the next four years, three years, no, I guess at
0: this point. Certainly a great supporter of science, so uh, we can thank you for that anyway. Yes. All right. Uh, well, Ms. Watsky, I want to thank you very much for sticking around, playing our game, and again, talking about uh, the book, Your Ticket to the Universe, A Guide to the Cosmos. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks for having me.